0: Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. How are you doing? I hope you are doing well and hanging in there. It's um, still shifting, ebbing and flowing this energy, isn't it? I mean, it's still, it's better than it was, (laughs) but it's still very interesting to sit in and look at removing the actual experience from it. Just seeing how much is happening and how much is going on and if we believe that this is all part of the ascension into the next age and the next energy stream for planet earth um, it's really quite fascinating I think you have to clear out the crap to rise you can't be weighed down And expect it to happen. It has to be this process. We know this. But it's still not fun being in it. Was it? Was it? Is it? Anyway. I uh, demonstrated in Canterbury last week. My penultimate show of the year. And every year I find myself on this podcast saying to you guys. I really wanted to go out with a bang. I think I even had a podcast at one stage called Out With A Damp Squib. And it appears that this year will not buck that trend. Um, Not a bad night at all, but just a very difficult audience. And not a difficult audience in the sense that they were unsupportive or unkind, but just very, very hard to place the spirits. And yet again, I find myself... Amazed at the lack of control a medium has over their audience. Now, there are parts that you can do to help the energy. Like, I think that being an entertaining medium and bringing the whole audience along with you is an absolute necessity. If you've got people checking out, now there is a natural checking outness that happens. Um, because because people are people. Some people come for only their message and that, that's a problem. But generally speaking, if you can be engaging and funny, you can bring the majority of the audience along with you. And I do find that the first link of the night kind of sets the tone for how things are going to go. So my first link of the night, now as you know, it's going to be a bit fuzzy. I don't fully remember it. But was a man that came through and I was doing all my evidence and I was really trying to get him placed. I believe I said, Father, I don't want to mislead you all by making me sound better than I was. I felt like it was pretty specific. Died of um, causes related to smoking. Because he was a smoker. And nobody took it. And I was like, that's not the start I want. And I was really trying um, to be determined and dig in. And there's always that fine balance as a medium between letting it go and digging in. And the finding that sweet spot. Because if you let it go, it looks like you don't believe in your mediumship. But if you dig in... It takes more time. People do become bored and disengage and the energy is harder to work with. So it's always really difficult. And I really do try to be as determined as I can um, now because I've learned that the hard way that, well, this is what I'm getting and I know I'm right. And eventually somebody put their hand up and said, well, you said they were a smoker. They actually smoked a pipe. Now, I don't remember that I'd specified cigarettes. Maybe I had, um, but I just felt like I knew that they were a smoker. If I had specified cigarettes, that's on me. That's where my brain's got in the way. But if you're faced with eight bits of evidence, ten bits of evidence, and every single one is correct, from a medium's point of view, it really does feel like splitting hairs to be, well, it's a pipe, not a cigarette, But equally, when you don't understand how mediumship works, why wouldn't you expect that to be right? So that was the first one, and it turned out to be an um, incredible message. Um, Very, very moving, I felt, um, from an uh, amazing dad in spirit who wanted to make amends. And then that kind of hesitant, reluctant energy... And I'm not saying that it was the gentleman I worked with first's fault, just to be clear, but just somehow it flew through the audience like an infection. And every spirit after that, it was very hard to get people to raise their hands. And when they did, you would say, what don't you understand? And they'd go, oh, well, I understand everything. Or, you know, there'd be something very small that I'd got wrong or the classic well they died while I was young so I which I don't know why that would make you not put your hand up but when if I haven't said they were with you until last week but again this is that thing about the human brain and people you know my job is to make mediumship as accessible to as many people as possible so by default this is how it's going to happen so please don't think I'm complaining but I also want to share with you guys the realities of demonstrating to live audiences because otherwise when you go out there to do it I'm doing you a disservice so that was quite interesting and then we had the old classic um, somebody not recognizing someone when I've got their name and I'm giving as a piece of evidence that their grandchild who was born after their passing is named after them. And this again was all taken. The only thing that I got wrong in that one, which I will tell you, was I said he became a grandfather in the spirit world that was wrong. It was that that grandchild that was named after him was born after he'd passed, but he already had grandchildren before. And that, the, the sitter for that one was so apologetic. She came up to me in the interval and just said, don't kill me. I can't believe it. And it wasn't her fault. It's just one of those things. If you have got your brain set in a certain way, then it's very hard in a demonstration to take it out of it. So that for her was her father-in-law and I'm guessing that she had people closer to her that her mind was more expecting to hear from and so therefore it became hard to apply it. It's a bit like, I'm trying to think of an example here, if you have a friend that says I will come and pick you up and last time they picked you up they had a black car and they haven't mentioned that they've now got a white car. You might be looking out your window looking for your friend and simply not see them because it's not what you're expecting. I was watching a really cute video the other day of um, a family on a plane and the brother who hadn't been on holiday with the parents for like 16 years was coming with his girlfriend And the mum was in the aisle seat and he came along and tapped her on the shoulder and said, I'm sitting by the window. And she moved and she honestly did not see her own son for a good two minutes. Everybody was cracking up. When she finally realised it was him, she was so blown away. And so there really is nothing we can do about that. If you're at a space where you are saying name, occupation, relationship. Now, I said father, not father-in-law, but I'm going to take that. Um, Age of death, how they passed, what they did for a living, their name, um, a child being born after them, A whole story about how they pass really suddenly and everybody gathers, but it's following their passing to say goodbye. And everybody's uh, his wife is holding on to blame because he was drinking uh, milk of magnesia and antacids, trying to thinking it was indigestion. It turned out to be a heart attack. Like there's not really a lot more I can do in that scenario. So sometimes you just have to accept you've done the best you can. Which led to another conversation and a hand raised at the end, which was, well, I had mentioned that, I don't know, I was blathering about something, and I had said that I personally think when you go for a one-on-one reading, you're better off saying who you want to hear from. And then somebody raised their hand and said, um, why didn't you ask us in a dem who we want to hear from? And then another lady said, um, in the questions, what happens when you keep going to Dems and you don't get a message? Why is that? So again, I want to talk here about how I but I believe the spirit that you work with is chosen. because for a long time, I believed that the spirit world was a separate place. And the correct spirit stepped forward for me to work with. And I'm not sure that I believe that in the same way that I used to. So I think when you're working in a one-on-one, what happens is the, the sitter is a key. And they are a key to a particular frequency of energy. And in that frequency of energy all of their loved ones are connected through it. So they like open a doorway to a room in the spirit world and they are the key to that door and through that doorway is all their loved ones in the spirit world. Now, sometimes as a medium, when you walk through that door, you will be drawn to the right spirit that they want to hear from. But sometimes you won't. And it's important to understand that because I think we have to accept in all mediumship our humanness. And our humanness is that sometimes, just like in the physical world, there are people you vibe with and people you don't. So you might be more likely to land on somebody that you vibe with. Just like in the physical world, spirit maintain their personality. So if you've got somebody that's very loud and very vibrant in that room, then it's probably easier to pick up on them than it is to pick up on somebody that's shy and quiet. That said, if you're a very shy and quiet person, you might move away from the loud, vibrant people and prefer the quieter, calmer people. Doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's just how it works. And I think the understanding that the spirit world is here, that we are not separate from the spirit world, that we are actually contained within the spirit world, helps you to make that clarification. Because if they were floating in from a separate space, then yes, the right spirit would step forward. But sometimes and you may have had this in your practice, you open up and you're like, God, there's 20-odd people here. And you say to the sitter, well, you've got a lot of people in spirit. Wouldn't it be easier just to cut to the chase and say, who do you want to hear from? And they say, my dad. And if you're a good medium, you'll be able to get countless pieces of information about their dad. It doesn't all hinge on just getting the relationship and I think that's because people all have that idea don't they and I would like to be able to do that and I can do that but just not every time I've got a lady here this is your mum and they go oh my god it's my mum we all want to be able to do that and you know in honesty that happens for me most of the time but there are odd occasions where it's somebody that the sitter you can tell is thinking why am I hearing from this person when I really want to hear from so and so and so and so. So in that scenario I do believe you are better off just saying who you want to hear from. Other people will disagree with me and that's good because we should all be working with spirit the way that we want to work with spirit. It's not that I decree it and so it must be, it is something to think about. Now that is a very different space A one-on-one is very different. Normally, you've got about half an hour. There's a slower energy. You can allow stories and feelings and emotion. You can work more with the need of the sitter. You can delve deeper with things that are private because it's just the two of you and you're not opening it up to a room full of strangers. There's It's definitely slower, it's definitely not got the intensity of demonstrating on a stage and that's how it should be. When you get to stage demonstrating, there are a lot of factors in play. So for me, it always appears like I've got a queue of spirits and they're queuing. But I believe in that scenario, because you don't have the key of the individual sitter, you have the key of the entire audience, you are opening up to everybody that is connected with that audience energetically. So you connect with that audience and you connect with everybody everybody in every room of every member of that audience so rather than going into one room it's like you're going into a building and that building is a skyscraper and in that space spirit will bring you because it's more constant so I I think the way that it works for me is the first spirit that comes through there's an element of the first one that I land on with regards to compatibility as well because they know that I'm trying to build my power my energy so they I'm seeking in that scenario a spirit that feels like they've got a big personality and a big presence to get the ball rolling and I will just land on the first one I land on and then because you're staying in that altered state and in that blend that is when spirit can take more of control and then it's almost like the people that step forward moved into a queue and that queue I do believe is decided by spirit but in conjunction with what's going on with my energy and the energy of the room so there are different factors here and this is why I say if you are in desperate need of a message don't go to a demonstration book a one-on-one with a medium And this is when people say to me, but you're not doing one on one readings at the moment. And I tried to, but I have to prioritise my work as a teacher getting out the next generation of mediums or we will have none left. Um, So I've had to accept that I can't be all things to all people. But there are mediums out there who are fantastic, who you need to be booking with. If you are in desperate need, that's what you need to do. And this is where it all becomes a little unstuck because I think a lot of people come to demonstrations almost putting their loved ones to test. Like, my loved one um, loves me so much and they're going to prove it tonight by coming through in an audience of 150 people to prove how much they love me. And, you know, if they could, they would. But there is a limit of time that I have where I can work in that intense energy and do it well. There is the vibrational energy of an audience and how that ebbs and flows and shifts and how certain audiences have certain energies and we have to work within that. And then there's the energies of the spirits as well. So, for example, sometimes you get a really upsetting link, like somebody that's taken their own life or um, a child that dies in terrible circumstances, things like that. And spirit in their intelligence knows that we need to raise the vibration with a big personality or a big character after that one to make everybody laugh and lift the spirits. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to maintain my vibration. If we're just doing really sad moment after really sad moment, it's going to become stuck and stayed and difficult energetically. So, I believe that when we're doing a demonstration, it's like I am entering a skyscraper and that skyscraper has a lift in it, an elevator in it. And whatever floor I get off at is is pre-decided by spirit, depending on the energy of the space, decided by the need of the sitter, The types of evidence that I am able to bring through in that moment, because there's no point in me working with a spirit where I'm going to struggle with the energy. Now, you can do that in a one-on-one. You've got more time. You can allow it to unfold. You can work with your sitter more interactively. You can get that really deep blend because you're working for a huge amount of time. When you've got approximately eight minutes to bring enough evidence in, place place the spirit check all the evidence is correct, bring in some more evidence and bring in a message. That isn't a huge amount of time, especially when you have a slightly challenging audience who aren't putting their hand up. And so the lift stops at the floors with the rooms that are best in alignment for me as a medium, both energetically and evidentially but also fulfilling as much need as they can of members of the audience, whilst also also looking at the vibrational energy of the space and just general compatibility. So if you are going to demonstrations and your loved ones aren't coming through, and yet, you know, there's some woman, especially I think in churches, there are those people that always get the messages and you're sitting there like, "What what the fuck? Why has she got a message again? I've been coming here for six months and my dad hasn't come through at all. It's partly to do with us as mediums. And we need to be happy with that. In an ideal world, you would know that spirits would be doled out equally and bestowed upon everybody who needs them in an ideal world. But this isn't an ideal world. The spirit world is the ideal world. We are in the unideal world. And that's the point. So I think it's important to think about that in your practice and think about that in, in your work. And I'm going to say it again, and I know I've said this before, but it's also important to understand when you're in a practice group that the spirits that come forward to work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Are always the right spirit for the developing medium not necessarily for the sitter might not be who they're expecting to hear from and I know I've covered this in detail but I need to say this because I've heard things from students on my school and other students recently where they're saying things like if it's not who I want to hear from I'm telling them um, who to get in Which is fine if that's how the medium wants to develop, but it's not fine if you're controlling the spirit that steps forward as a sitter. That is not fine. And also people doubting the spirit that's come through because no one can take it and going, okay, I'll move on to the next one. Okay, I'll move on to the next one. When actually that's really damaging to your mediumship. And what you need to do is trust that the one that you've got is the right one for you at this time in this moment and continue to work with them. So let me know what you think about that. I find it absolutely fascinating just thinking about that, just how it works. Who gets picked by the spirit world to step forward? And I also think that within the elevator stopping through the uh, skyscraper, there is also something there about willingness of sitters to take it. Because a lot of people, I think, think they're ready for a message until they get in a room and they watch someone else get one and they say see all these people with their necks craning looking around at them as they cry and then they think oh god I'm not ready for this at all so spirit know spirit know who is ready who isn't ready and I honestly feel that yes the spirit world is here and we can connect with with anybody except for the exception which is when the sitter is not ready in which case you're you will reach into that room and there'll be all these spirits here but perhaps not the one they want to hear from and sometimes that happens very very rarely but it has happened to me I also wanted to add on here talking about a continuation from Cheryl's message from last time about healing and whether we need to see a healer, whether the is already there, that sort of age-old question. Because I saw an Instagram post from somebody the other day and they were talking about soul healing and doing a healing session to heal your soul. And I found that a really mystifying concept. So, If you're out there and you're a soul healer, can you explain to me what that, what you, what that means? Because I know I'm, I know I'm the never ending bloody analytical, you know, if you ever listen to this and think, God, can she not just let anything go? I hear you. I think that about myself. (laughs) a lot. I wish I could let things go. I wish I could just accept. I wish I could just not question everything. But equally, somebody's got to. And so my next question is, do do we believe that souls need healing? If you pass from this world in the physical into the non-physical if there is no time I have no doubt that there's some sort of process a soul needs to go through when it moves back into the spirit world I have no doubt about that but if there is no time in the spirit world then that soul is surely instantly healed and whole because there is no time So although there is only the now to the soul and the soul is healed, because it's beyond time. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say, do you? If there's no time in the spirit world, then from our perspective, in a space where there is time, at any moment when you communicate with a soul or connect with a soul, it will be healed and whole because there is no sort of... I need to sit in stasis for two two human years because that doesn't exist. So why would you need to send healing to a soul? And if you do believe that souls need healing because it's to heal the soul in the moment that it needs the healing and it is still away from the time... Why would spirit need us to get involved? Why would all of the spirit world be together in spirit and then them need us to host an event for soul healing? So the the healing energy comes in from the spirit world through the group of mediums channeling that energy and then back to the spirit world. Is that what's happening? Or do you just mean really, really deep healing? Is it one of those things that we're all just saying when we're not really thinking about the language that we use? And you don't really mean soul healing? Like ancestral healing, if we're talking about the DNA mix that's in us and the learnt behaviours that are carried on through the generations. It makes sense to me that you are healing it from the point of view of the buck stops with you, you are where this genetic line is going to stop with whatever energy it is that needs to be cleared or healed, but also with an understanding, surely, that your soul chose those elements to be part of your existence. And then we start looking at, do do we heal away things that are there by design? I know, I know, it's a lot to think about. And I know I'm always doing this. But I just find it fascinating to think about that we, as, you know, quite genetically close to apes, (laughs) are on this planet where we are blowing each other up, spending a large proportion of our days staring into a portable computer, but not replying to any messages, looking at other people's lives, full of judgment, full of labelling, whether we want to be or not, all humans are, that's part of the, the condition, and then We're there going, yeah, but souls need healing. What souls that reside in the place of unconditional love and acceptance? Anyway, I'd love your thoughts on that because, as always, I'm interested. I'm confused. I don't know if I'm just too basic. Am I missing something really obviously important here? or I don't know. I don't know. But I saw that. And then because I just recorded the answer to Cheryl about there always being healing energy available to everybody. And then I thought, but why are we healing souls? Surely the souls are with the spirits, Or do you mean healing the part of you that is residing here before it goes back? But that part of you is the eternal part of you, which transcends time and space. I don't know. It's interesting to think about, though, isn't it? Again, with this breaking down of everything. Sometimes it feels like my journey goes really slowly. And then I'll get a Facebook memory or something. And I'll think, that wasn't that only that short time ago. And I'll realise that actually my my journey has been going incredibly rapidly. I just didn't realise it. And there are... I think that is to do with the questions hmm, which leads me to go back um to this trance physical mediumship thing that i I know that I upset some of you, and um I didn't mean to. I just want to make it clear that I'm still on the fence if I'm honest um And I do accept that I may be too analytical to enjoy that kind of experience. But I also want to say, it wasn't a blanket, I don't believe in physical mediumship. And it wasn't a blanket, I don't believe in trance. It was a, I don't believe in all the forms of physical mediumship. And actually... Are we holding physical mediums hostage to a standard of mediumship that has never existed because it was fraudulent to begin with? And I know that some of you very kindly sent me links to different physical mediums and different physical mediums things. And again, I was faced with... Uh, The similar problem to the Fox sisters, which is, they may well be brilliant people, incredible mediums. But if there is evidence online, might be false evidence, I'm not saying it's true. But if there is evidence of them falsifying physical mediumship recordings that you can just Google and watch of them falsifying experiences even if that was a one-off and the rest of the time they've been brilliant but just in that particular night the energy wasn't right so they took things into their own hands to give people an experience I'm not saying that they did any of those things for bad reasons all I'm saying is if that is out there is that a good example If you're sending me mediums that can apparate physical objects, great. What I want to know is, if they can apparate a necklace, why wouldn't they be able to apparate a ring that belongs to somebody in the group that was their great-grandmother's that they lost as a teenager? If they're able to apparate gems, why can they not apparate... And this is a serious question. This isn't like I'm saying that they're fake. I'm interested to know why can't they apparate then? Gems that are semi-precious that have a value. Why are they like the glass, dyed glass ones that you get for weddings? Why wouldn't they be? Is there something you know in the in the structure of an apparition, apparating experience where it has to use the minerals of the body and the minerals of the body are not semi-precious or like like what is it why is that if spirits can create ectoplasm why wouldn't they create ectoplasm letters that spell out evidence like the caterpillar smoking its hookah in Alice in the Wonderland Alice in Wonderland and I guess that's and that the trouble is, it's really hard to ask those questions without people getting upset. And I want to particularly give a shout out to Sue, who was corresponding with me by email, um, because we had such a great back and forth. Because we both respect each other, neither one of us is in the ego space of trying to prove the other one wrong. But I think part of the problem with mediumship and spirituality is in the last 30 years, nobody has asked the important questions. And if we don't ask the questions, we don't evolve. So my questions are, even if you believe that they're a great medium, even if you know that they are, if there is video footage of them online behaving fraudulently, why aren't they addressing that? Or are they and I just can't find it? Um, there's a few that people, different people sent me. I mean, one of them was outed quite formidably by somebody that I would personally say is a well-respected and well-known spiritual person who actually cancelled a physical mediumship um workshop with the medium because they had been to one of his nights and realised he was fraudulent. And they did this publicly, and you can find it easily if you Google it. Now, if you Google any medium's name and fraud, you can find things. Um, I found some absolute, I mean, some laughable things that were clearly not true about other mediums. So I'm not saying that everything is true on the internet, it's just weird to me that physical mediumship was so popular in Victorian times where there was this real need for it. But you look at every single photo of Victorian physical mediumship I have ever seen is clearly fake. Clearly. Um, there might be the odd one that's maybe a bit more ooh, but generally speaking, is quite obviously a doll or a puppet or the exoplasm is quite clearly muslin cloth. Um, And, you know, we're looking back at a time when having a photo was a miraculous thing. So it's understandable that that was kind of part of the spectacle then. We've moved into this modern day and... Why can't we video record? Now we have the option to record in darkness. Why can't we? Yeah, why can't we record by night vision? I don't know. So, again, I really, really want to believe. I have, I mean, I've seen amazing, I've seen amazing things. I know spirit, spirit can do physical manifestations. I've talked to you recently about the lights flashing in my demonstration. I have a friend who was altered by sitting in a a mediumship trance demonstration. It's just, I'm not saying that none of these things exist. I'm just asking if our expectations perhaps of what should be achievable in those spaces is too high because it actually is based on people doing fraudulent stuff. (sighs) But I don't know. I don't know. I know that there are people that come to my nights and you can feel them and you can see it in their body language and see it in their energy. They don't believe and they leave and they still don't believe. And there has to be a point in mediumship where you just say, okay, well, I've done my best. If that's not good enough for you, there's nothing more I can do. But I really want to believe. I want to experience these things. And it's almost like what I experience, I'm judging as not being exciting enough or good enough because I'm over here getting a light flashing for the first time in a decade which is really cool but then that person over there has got a disembodied voice i want a disembodied voice and then i don't know playing around with it it's just interesting to think about i think but again just always have your questioning thinking mind up and Go from there. But also allow yourself to receive it in whatever way you need to receive it and you want to receive it. Just if you're there thinking, why am I not getting this thing to work for me? Maybe, maybe it just doesn't work that way in reality. But maybe because I don't believe it does, or I'm questioning it, it's not happening. And so we go round and round in a spiral. But I just wanted to say, I was in no way form at all saying that i think that these people are um fraudulent or faking it except for the ones that are clearly making have clearly been caught doing fraudulent stuff but everybody else i'm not saying that i'm just saying if if there's nothing wrong with admitting that it's a collaboration between us in the physical and them in the spirit world. There's nothing wrong with admitting that. It's nothing wrong with saying, it's mostly my guide talking, but he's using my language, my words, so there will be some limitations there, rather than pretending it is the voice of spirit and nothing to do with you at all. I don't understand why we find that so offensive. What, what is it about ourselves that we find so wrong when it comes to mediumship? We're supposed to be human beings. That's what we're here for. Which leads back, I think, to that Delors canon, um, Jesus and the Essenes, and the Essenes saying that Jesus was a human. He wasn't here to be God. He was here to show us what a perfect example of a human looks like. And how, over time, man has changed that to make him God. I'll make him God's son, but also part of the Holy Trinity, when actually that's not that was never the purpose. You don't have to believe that, but it's something that's interesting to think about, isn't it? Why is it in this quest for spirit, it often involves us escaping the human? And isn't the human actually the whole point of it all? I don't know. Let me know. Tell me what you think please don't be offended. I'm not trying to upset anybody. I just want to ask the questions because I think that that is where the evolution is. That's what I believe in asking the questions, regardless of what answer you believe or I believe or where we get to with it. Ultimately, it is all about asking to open up into the newness. If you don't ask, we'll just coast and stay stale. It's time for movement. Well, there we go. Another podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and I will catch up with you again soon. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.